Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Between the Legs, a podcast about those in the motorcycle community and those who contribute to it. I'm your host, Sarah Taylor. This episode is brought to you by the letter C. C is for comedy, cupboard, classy, COVID, and Cuomo. Natalie Cuomo, East and West Coast comedian, tells us about how she got into comedy, what it's been like performing during COVID, and how she's used her time to start a moto magazine. If you're in New York, check out her socially distanced Saturday night shows at the tiny cupboard held on a rooftop. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We have Natalie here, who is a local comedian on the New York scene. She's here to talk to us about producing and the Tiny Cupboard, which if you follow comedy, you probably already know about. Um, it's been featured in a few different articles, including New York Time Out, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us and answering my thousand questions about all the things about your personal life. (laughs) (laughs) So you're from Queens, right? Yes, I grew up in Queens. Any relation to the Kimo brothers? No, no, no relation. (laughs) Same name. I thought maybe extended family. You hang out at Thanksgiving together. No, everyone always thinks that. (laughs) So you grew up in the area. Is like the New York comedy scene with you into comedy or did you start a different way? I had a background as an actor and I studied acting for a good portion of my life. And uh, I just was feeling frustrated with it. And I felt like there was more autonomy in comedy. Like you could make more of your own decisions. I just started, I tried it and I, I loved it. Where did you start playing first? Greenwich was the first club I was passed at. But um, before that, I would do like all sorts of little indie shows in Brooklyn and lower Manhattan. You have to go to like a million open mics every day, meet people like hustle, bomb and suck for a good portion of the beginning of it. Do you have any memorable bombings? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I tried to block most of them out of my memory, but I think the one <laughs> That I would tell people that are starting comedy is you're gonna suck at first. There's no way around it. <laughs> I actually love the smaller comedy shows because it's a lot of those people who are trying to get like started. Um, and so when they, you know, tell a joke that doesn't land or they tell one that just honestly isn't funny, <laughs> I find that the funniest yeah. because you have to like build out this character because of it. So how they come around it or like how they bash on the crowd for like not laughing at something that's clearly funny. Those are always my favorite parts of the show. It's just entertaining. Yeah, because it feels like they're taking they're taking a break from their planned uh their planned set and they're like being more genuine in the moment when they're admitting that their joke didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of your comedy, but I'm curious like how would you describe your style? I think my comedy is a little darker and um, it's a little edgier for sure. Yeah. 
But Do you bring in any of your like riding into the comedy as well? You know, I've written a few motorcycle jokes, but I don't know how uh, relatable they are. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one motorcycle joke that I know, and it's um, what's the funniest motorcycle? And it's a Yamaha. <laughs> Pretty good. Terrible joke. Don't even. <laughs> How do you feel people perceive you as a comedian compared to others? Yeah. I feel like my comedy is definitely more personal. Like I draw from my life experience more than trends that I notice in the world or something like that. So like not a whole lot of like relevant this is going on in like the political scene type of stuff. I definitely try to stay bipartisan in my act for sure. <laughs> Like I have strong political beliefs, but that's not the space that I want to express them. Any places in particular that you love playing at? Like pre-COVID, obviously. Pre-COVID? Yeah, when I was in LA, the comedy store was so awesome. And the Hollywood Improv and New York. I like New York Comedy Club and Caroline's. Those clubs, when they're full, are always so fun. Do you feel like it's common being East Coast as well as West Coast comedian? I think most people are based on one coast and then they'll travel and do like a week or so on the other side. Do you have a preference over West Coast or East Coast? I like East Coast better for sure. (laughs) Trick question. Now that like COVID has happened, I've seen that you've done a few like online shows through Zooms with people joining. Like how different is your comedy now compared to pre-COVID to accommodate for like the new environment? Um, I feel like I've learned how to be a little more like loose and free on Zoom because that kind of works better. Zoom, I feel like they like to see something more natural where um, you can put on more of a show in real life. I definitely see that as being true. Like I watched a recording of one of the ones that you did recently um and it's it was interesting because a lot of the people who were listening weren't on mute so that they could still like interact with you mm-hmm. but at the same time a lot of them are like laughing silently to still allow for you to own the room it just it seemed I don't know supportive but like wildly distanced as well because when you tell a joke you're used to a room like you know <laughs> cackling and all that right. Um, And then on Zoom, now you don't get that same response. How does that make you feel? Um, I think at first, Zoom shows are really weird to adjust to. But then you're like, I don't give a fuck. You can laugh. laugh. (laughs) It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) And now that we're in like an acceptable social distancing while being out phase, you've started the tiny cupboard. So um, I'll take a a break from all my nonsense. But could you tell us a little bit about the cupboard, how it got started, the different shows that you guys put on? Totally. So it's not actually, I didn't actually start it. It started by these two people, Matt and Amy, and it's like their space. They're really awesome people. And I produced the shows there on Saturday night. I had worked with them before uh, COVID when their space was just like one small room in an artist building. And uh, then after COVID, they started using this rooftop, which seats like 50 people comfortably and uh, spaced out, which is awesome. So yeah, I basically just produced the Saturday show there and uh, it's been a really great experience. What is it like producing a comedy show? I know you've done a few others before. Safe and Sound, Babysitter's Club, Time of the Month. I really like producing. I feel like it's exciting to put together comedians that you love and share them with other people. It's really kind of 
the same post-COVID other than making sure you have like the right equipment to clean the microphone and mic covers and making sure the comedians feel safe and protected in the space. How do you get comedians to agree to partake in a show? Or is everyone just like clamoring for any show that they can do? Um, In the beginning, I definitely didn't know who was comfortable like going out. But now I'm definitely overwhelmed with people asking to do uh, the show. Everybody wants me. (laughs) Everyone wants what I have. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's everyone wants stage time. There isn't that much stage time uh, right now compared to what there used to be. So, you know, people used to perform like two or three nights a week. And now that's how many shows there are per day. So it's more crazy. And it's got a great backdrop too. Being able to like listen to like underground comedy on a roof with New York as your background and like the evening Manhattan sky. It's definitely like the highlight of my week. I really like going there. How many shows are you doing a week now, both online and socially distant? Um, I produce just that show and then I'll do like, you know, maybe three other shows during the week, maybe four, depending that are, you know, other people's shows that I'm doing a spot on. In this time, you've also started Classy Trashy Magazine, which for those listening, you definitely need to sign up for it. It is basically like motorcycle porn mixed with hot people and like (laughs) really cool vintage photos. So I'll uh, I'll let you uh, explain it a little bit better than that synopsis. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so my fiance Jake and I started Classy Trashy Magazine in April, and uh, we definitely put our all into it. It's a motorcycle magazine. We feature some tattoo artists. We have um, two issues out now, and we have one more being released in the next couple of weeks. It's just a magazine celebrating biker culture. Like it started out, the first issue had like the occult and tattooers and comedians and one motorcycle. Uh, person but um then it became more geared toward just bikes like the third issue is pretty much just bikes what do you like about the motorcycle community or about being in this this culture um it's such a supportive community it's interesting because like I have the comedian community and the biker community and I'm like like the people that follow me because of motorcycles are so much nicer There are so many people that like, you know, I'll call like if I have a problem with my motorcycle or that I can relate to or just call, check in, say what's up that I don't even know that well. Like it's just such a kinder community and um, it's just great people. It's just a good time. People that are inspiring, that have great stories. It's uh, it's been great to meet uh, new people through that. See, that is just beautiful to hear. Do you hear that, comedians? <laughs> We're nicer than you, which is wild. They're hardcore in their own way, but they they have a good heart. And I think that's probably something that's been consistent. Like, they're very loyal. I think that um, even, like, with motorcycle gangs in the past, they're I think they're very loyal to the people they love. Beautifully said. What's it like to partake in a roast? Um... For the most part, it sucks. And <laughs> it's really <laughs> fun to write jokes, to like, you know, have a topic to write jokes about and to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on this person and I'm going to write a bunch of jokes about them. And I feel like it's it's a, a nice way to be inspired and get your brain moving. But I decided to take a break from from doing roast battles just because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to be roasted right now. <laughs> It, it seems like you would definitely need some very thick skin to be able to do that. 
Yeah. That being said, it does feel so good when you win. That is. <laughs> Do you compete in um, comedy competitions? Um, no, like I've done a few festivals, but I don't do any competitions or anything like that. Is there any particular reason? I just, I feel like it's never really come my way and I've never sought it out. Like that's just definitely not, I don't like to compete. I think everyone's so different that you can't really compare styles and that shouldn't be your motivation for doing something. Especially when you're going to beat them all, obviously. Yeah, duh. (laughs) Is there like an ideal venue for you Madison Square Garden no I <laughs> every New Yorker's dream <laughs> my ideal venue would definitely be a arena or a theater <laughs> but um, no a place that I am comfortable yeah like a you know 50 to 100 person crowd warmed up really well prepared to laugh at anything sounds great to me <laughs> How um, do you typically warm up a crowd or do other people do that for you? How do you prepare as well? Um, I feel like, you know, it's usually the host's job to warm up the crowd and get to know everyone and prepare them for the comedians. I host my shows sometimes. I find it easier to just do a regular uh, spot when I'm producing because it's kind of too, it's a lot of things to manage. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will do like crowd work and interact with the crowd if they feel like they're a little tight or they're not in the place they want them to be. Uh, Have you ever experienced a pretty bad uh, guest in the audience? Like a heckler, I think is what we're calling it. Definitely. I I did a bar show in Jersey where literally every single thing I said, some guy would like scream at me. I was so annoyed that no one kicked him out and I just I just walked off stage I was like I'm not doing this (laughs) I mean at some point you kind of have to like put yourself first right yeah I was just like this is ridiculous how else do you uh, deal with hecklers typically like if someone's running a show and someone's being that invasive like you tell them to be quiet or leave like somebody else would do that you know but uh if someone's heckling you can play like in a a kind or more gentle way you can play off of it you can kind of reassert yourself in the room I think a lot of times like you can turn a heckle into something funny I love a good heckler um the worst is when you're at a table with a heckler and you have to pretend like you didn't walk in with that person <laughs> like oh I can't <laughs> see you right now and we went to like one club and a friend co-worker of ours wasn't heckling just uh aggressively into the show I guess is the best way to describe it like thought everything was funny and had like the continuous commentary of like ha 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 I've liked that <laughs> like genuinely oh did God, enjoy the yeah. show but just overly verbal about it um so like you can't really like hate on them because they love what you're doing but it is still like taking away from the person on the stage right a hundred percent So outside of comedy, outside of writing, you also mentioned earlier about being in the acting scene. I've seen you in a few things. There was a um, dating app commercial, I think, and (laughs) from a little while ago, um, and in a music video. So you are like low-key also a rapper. How how did that work? (laughs) Oh my God, I'm not a rapper. That... I did rap in a music video and you know what? I'm proud of it, but I'm also (laughs) embarrassed. And (laughs) um, I mean, it was fun. It was for a restaurant, Queen's Comfort, that actually closed 
Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a fun video I made with some friends. And uh, yeah, I do have a background in acting. I do still audition for things and like sent, submit self tapes for stuff. And I'm just waiting for that perfect thing to come around. <laughs> what, what kind of acting do you do? Um, what do you mean? Like, uh, do you have a specific um, medium that you aim for, like TV, film, Broadway, radio? I definitely grew up like with an obsession with theater. I was like, I was obsessed with theater for most of my life. And uh, but now I, I am definitely more interested in film and TV and am more directed that way, trying to manifest that kind of stuff a little bit more. What theater brought you into the love of acting? Um, when I was like in first grade, I was really terrified of the auditorium and I was uh, terrified of like people in groups. So my mom made me take an acting class and it's, so it's really been like a lifelong, um, passion for attention. No, (laughs) but yeah. Shout out to mom for getting you to, you know, feel comfortable when you're uncomfortable. Look at you now. I'm sure that played like a huge part into it. Um, Did you do like theater acting when you were younger outside of just that one class? Yeah, I did lots of different community theater and the school play and like theater camp. Like I was probably the most annoying kid in the world. (laughs) (laughs) One of those, what are are they called? Thespians, I think? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) How do your parents uh, react to your comedy? Have they seen you on stage? Yeah, they're they're supportive of my comedy. They have seen me many times and they're very sweet about it. Do are they like ever a part of your act? Yeah, I have a few jokes about my dad. Um yeah. And I guess my mom too. They they don't mind. I I would I'll warn them before they're exposed. <laughs> How do you go about creating an act or like writing jokes? Um usually I will like I think of premises like throughout the day I'll write them on my phone and then I'll like sit down and like try to write jokes and punchlines off of them then I'll like bring it to a show and um you know I like to do this the new joke sandwich so it's like old joke that you know will work new joke you're trying out then old joke you know will work (laughs) and or like just bring it into your try to bring it into your act if you feel comfortable and like see how it's received, see if there are different ways you can adjust it. I mean, it takes so long to get a joke to a point where it's polished and you feel like uh, it's complete. In a show, like paying attention to jokes to figure out like if it's working, if it's not, or if it just needs to be like um, fixed a little bit before you can use it again. Do you have someone like recording that content or do you make mental notes as you go along in a show? Um, I record all of my sets as like voice memos so I can listen back to them. Um, if I feel like it went really well and it was a new joke, I'll definitely like listen back and transcribe the way that I said it. I think that voice memo tool is really helpful for a lot of comedians. Is there anyone on like the comedy scene that you play with a lot or um, see regularly? Yeah, especially now, for some reason, it seems like a smaller group of comedians that are circulating. Uh, post-COVID I don't know if it's because they're in New York or 
just more comfortable. But yeah, I feel like you just run into the same people over and over again, which is nice. Um, no one in particular necessarily. I know you like started in acting um, and then eventually transitioned to comedy. Was was there a point at which you felt like, I mean, aside from thinking that uh, it was a bit more flexible and I think you brought up autonomous, um, was it in any one point where you realized like, oh, this is something I can do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, it really started because I was dating this or whatever you call it in New York. <laughs> hooking up with this guy and um, we went to this movie premiere together and he was a director and the actors were like all my age and I felt really inspired um, because I didn't feel like I was respected at all in that environment. So (laughs) the next day I like went to an open mic. I was like, fuck this. And um, it was, and then I went to my open mic like every day after that. So I feel like I guess what I'm trying to say is like my jump into comedy kind of came from feeling like what I'm doing right now isn't working and I'm not successful enough in response to my efforts in acting. So I'm going to shift my energy towards something else. And I wound up really liking it. Wow. That's actually a pretty cool story. Like not being respected for being exactly the same type of person that these people were. And then you're like, all right, fuck all of you guys trying open mic and then like making a whole career out of that and then now from what I can see like highly publicized what kind of like confidence has that given you um I definitely feel very confident in comedy but it's it's because of how hard I've worked I've just put blood sweat and tears into stand-up and I think that's kind of what creates my confidence other than just like continuous exposure and lots of experiences When I came back from Los Angeles a year or two ago, I felt like I had worked so hard there and I had been through so much shit that I was like, I think that's what really helped me build my confidence. Did you meet your fiance in LA while you were there or here? I met him here. Yeah. I met him here. Oh my God. I love a good meet cute story. How did you guys meet? So I was, um, I took my mom to a bar class, like a workout class. And then we went grocery shopping. The point is that I just worked out and I wasn't wearing makeup. I felt really gross. And we were at Whole Foods in Weehawken, New Jersey. And I noticed Jake, my fiance, he was also grocery shopping. And he had his niece asleep in the cart. (laughs) And I was like, oh, he's cute. But then I like kept walking around. I was like eating sushi in the aisle, something ridiculous. And then he, um, he just came up to me at the checkout and asked me for my number. And that's it. <laughs> we fell in love between the pasta and the bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a really cute, mean, cute story. And you guys are now out in New Jersey. We are, yeah. So, what's it like to have to travel into the city for for comedy on a you know a regular basis? Well, we're in Jersey City, so the commute is not that bad. Um, we do drive, or it's just it's okay. Sometimes it's annoying, but. Uh, it's kind of the same as living in any outer borough and traveling into Manhattan. Totally easy. It's wild to think that like that general area is like so small, but it can take you like two hours to actually like travel that far. Yeah, it's crazy, especially when there's traffic. It's um, definitely a long trip, but it's worth it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you answering all of my questions today. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add to it or additional plugs uh, before we wrap up? In 
probably like two weeks, we'll have the third issue of Classy Trashy out and it's going to be really awesome. Um, pretty much all motorcycles and naked people. So yeah, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you, Natalie. We appreciate you joining today. Thanks for having me. <laughs>